I'm convinced in the Holy Ghost today, Brother Doug had no idea what I was going to preach. When I heard him breathe out the word, we wrestle. God gave me confirmation. Our junior, praise the Lord. Our junior church may be dismissed today. Our junior church may be dismissed. Um, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis 32, while our kids are going downstairs. Okay. Well, Charlene, we're going to close out with you coming up. You're going to be here at the conclusion of service, right? We're going to have you come up. We're going to pray, okay? Genesis, the 32nd chapter, as our children are dismissed downstairs. If you do not have your Bibles, amen, the words are provided for you. The text is up on the screen behind me. Amen. If you have need of a Bible, please see one of the elders of this church. We'll make sure you have a Bible in your home this week. Amen. I'm convinced in the Holy Ghost today that the Lord's going to speak to somebody in this body. Amen. As we turn to the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter, we'll begin reading in verse 22. Genesis 32, verse 22, and we'll be reading verse through verse 32. A whole lot of twos. Amen. Our setting is Jacob has just left Laban's house. The Lord has instructed him to return to Bethel, where he is alienated from his family. He is separated from the people that he loves because of some past mistakes that he has made. This is where we pick up our text in the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter. The Lord has instructed him to return to his homeland, to where his family is at. While he's on his way, after he has left his uncle Laban's house, a man He has an encounter with the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about today for the next few moments. Genesis 32 and 22. If you're there, shout out yes real loud. Amen. There's two people left. We'll wait till you get there. Everybody say yes. Amen. Genesis 32 and 22. The word of the Lord says, and Jacob rose up that night. And he took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and he passed over the ford Jabbok. He took them and he sent them over the brook and he sent over all that he had. And Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone, and there he wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him 
And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, my name is Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob. Thy name shall be Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed Jacob there. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. And therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day. Because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. I have confidence, I have confirmation in the Holy Ghost today. And what I'm going to speak to you on today, somebody needs to hear. I want you to get this so deep in your soul that no one can ever take it out. You cannot be a child of God and not submit. You cannot be a child of God and not submit. I want to preach to you today on this subject, the way of the wrestler. The way of the wrestler. Before you're seated today, can you lay your Bibles down in your seat and let's just lift up the Lord together all over this house. Come on, if you're thankful for what you felt today, if you're thankful for being touched by the hand of the Almighty, you're thankful you woke up this morning you're thankful there's blood pumping through your veins you're thankful that your lungs are moving and beating and pumping there's oxygen in this breath come on there's life in your body today and it's all because of the goodness of God today it's all because of the goodness of God today amen as you're seated today I want to speak to you on this topic the way of the wrestler the way of the wrestler. Amen. Brother Doug had no idea what I would be speaking on today when I asked him to do prayer and offering. And I do not find it coincidence today that the Lord placed that scripture up on his heart about we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. But there is spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. And we have an enemy of our soul today. And I want to speak to you today on the life of Jacob, the way of the wrestler. Professional wrestling is a form of theater. 
Right now, I'm being nice. <laughs> I hope there ain't no WWE fans in here today. God bless your heart. <laughs> Sis, forgive me. I love you. <laughs> Professional wrestling is a form of theater. I'm going to tell you something right now that I'm amazed that a lot of grown-up people do not know. The WWE is fake. <laughs> Cover your children's ears if you don't want them to hear it today. <laughs> it's fake, folks. News alert, news alert. It's fake. The WWE is fake. John Cena and The Undertaker and Hulk Hogan are actors. Don't get mad at me, Micah. They're actors. Uh, it's theater. And uh, they're skilled. They are performers that use simulated attacks that minimize energy while maximizing entertainment. Yeah, that slap is going on, but it's not as hard as you think it is. Uh, they they, they uh, minimize injury while they maximize entertainment. But there are other forms of wrestling that are real. There are wrestlers that have an intended goal and an intended purpose and a desire to win, uh, and a desire to achieve a prize. Ain't that right, Brother Micah, Brother Corey? Some of you wrestlers in here. Uh, there are forms of wrestling that are real. And uh, these forms of wrestling are real, and they require hard work, and they require dedication. And there are wrestlers that are actual contenders, and they're actually struggling for something. And they're actually working for something. And they're actually achieving and desiring to achieve something. Some interesting facts about wrestling. Wrestling is considered one of the oldest sports on earth. Many people don't realize that, but it is. It's one of the oldest sports on earth. There are cave drawings dating back to 3,000 years before Jesus was born that depict the art and the skill and the sport of wrestling. And collegiate statistics show that wrestlers tend to perform exceptionally well in the classroom because the truth is lazy people don't wrestle. So people that are crazy enough to wrestle... They know what hard work is about. They know what dedication is about. They know what commitment is about. And wrestlers tend to, on a collegiate level, to score very high in the classroom because the truth is lazy people just simply don't wrestle. And wrestling builds determination. Wrestling builds Diligence. Wrestling 
builds perseverance, and good wrestlers are known for their hard work ethic. Today we examine the life of Jacob, the man who wrestled with God. To us, wrestling is a sport. To us, professional wrestling is a joke. But to Jacob, wrestling was a way of life. To Jacob, wrestling was his life. Jacob's whole life was a wrestling match. From the time he was in his mother's womb, he was wrestling and he was contending. The book of Genesis, the 25th chapter, tells us that when his mother, Rebekah, was giving birth, she had two twins in her womb. And the first one who came out, the eldest, was Esau. And the second child was Jacob. And as as Esau came out of the womb, the Bible says that Jacob had a hold of Esau's heel. From his very birth, he was contending. From his very birth, he was a wrestler. Amen. And he grabbed his brother's heel. He was a heel grabber. And according to Jewish custom, a heel grabber depicts a deceptive person. Someone who is always trying to deceive and get something that does not belong to them. And then as the boys grew into men, the Bible says that the father Isaac loved Esau, the eldest son. They had some dysfunction in the home. They had some partiality in the home. And the Bible says that Isaac loved Esau because he cooked him venison on a regular basis. But Rebekah loved Jacob. So Jacob was always wrestling for the attention of his father. Any young boys in here ever felt that way? Me and Brad's the only two that will admit it anyway. As a boy growing up, there's not much that I desired more than the respect and the admiration of my father. Jacob was wrestling for the attention of his father. And one day while they were out in the field, the Bible says that Esau had come in because he was a hunter. And Esau had come in from hunting. He was exhausted and he was hungry. And he was faint, the Bible uses the word faint to describe him. He realizes that his brother Jacob is there cooking some lentil soup. He's cooking some soup. And Esau walks up to his brother Jacob. And Esau, the eldest brother, asked Jacob for some of the soup because he is faint because he's hungry, because he's tired, because he's been out all day trying to kill something, and he's tired and he's faint. And he asks his brother Jacob for some of his soup, but Jacob is a conniver. Sorry, Jacob. Not you, Jacob. Not you, Jacob. I'm not real sure what your parents were thinking about when they named you. I'm going to talk to them about that after service. 
The word Jacob means supplanter, deceiver, heel grabber. Not our Jacobs. Our Jacobs are angels. God bless them. But Esau walks up to his brother Jacob and he says, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm faint. As a matter of fact, I feel like I'm going to die, Jacob. Please just give me some soup. But Jacob has an ulterior motive. And he looks at his brother who's in dire need of something to eat. And he says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make you a deal. I'm going to feed you, but you're going to give me your birthright. I'm going to feed you, but you're going to give me everything that matters anything to you. And he tells his brother that day, he says, I will give you some soup for your birthright. You see, he wants, he's contending. He's desiring the favor of his father. It was customary that the eldest boy would receive the blessing. The eldest boy would receive the respect and the admiration of his father. And he would receive his blessing. And Jacob wants Esau's birthright. He tells Esau, I'll give you the soup, but it's going to cost you your birthright. Tell your neighbor today, the enemy's after my birthright. The enemy is after your birthright. The enemy is after what is rightfully belongs to you. The enemy is after your blessing that God has in store that is three feet away from you like Brother Paul was talking about just a few moments ago. So I come to tell some gold diggers in this house today, don't be throwing in the towel. Don't be giving up your tools. Keep on digging, honey, because your blessing is on the way. Don't give it up for a bowl of soup and don't give it up for the neighbor down the street. You hold on to what God has in store for you. There's a blessing on the way. There's a blessing on the Somebody tell your neighbor, I got a blessing on the way. I'm not going to surrender it. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to hand it over. I got a blessing on the way. I'm going to keep digging and digging and digging until I get to my blessing. Oh my God, I'm talking to some wrestlers today. I'm talking about some contenders today. I'm talking to some people that's willing to fight for what belongs to them. You're a wrestler. I'm talking about the way of a wrestler today. Don't be handing over what belongs to you. Don't be surrendering what God gave you to the enemy. God gave it to you. It's your birthright. It belongs to you today. But Jacob wanted the birthright of his elder brother Esau. And he managed to get it through deception. He said, you give me your birthright. And in his mind, Esau is thinking, I'm about to die. I'm faint. I'm starving to death. What good is this birthright going to do me, Joe, if I die? So he says, I tell you what I'm going to do, Jacob. I'm going to give you the birthright. Just give me my soup. Folks, don't settle for what little the devil's trying to give you. <laughs> Esau was not going to die. He was just faint. 
you ain't going to die. You're going to make it through this trial, and the Lord's going to turn it into a blessing. You ain't going to die. You're going to make it through this trial. The Lord's just trying to give you some patience. You ain't going to die. You're going to make it through. The Lord's got a great big blessing on the other side waiting for you as long as you don't stop digging. Amen. So now Jacob says, well, let's make a deal. You're about to die, and I got what you need, so give me your birthright. Jacob is contending for the birthright. He's a wrestler by his nature. Huh? I watch Micah, and he's a wrestler. He's wondering what I'm going to say next. Every time we get together for a cornhole tournament or a, we're playing golf, or even if it's basketball, no matter what it is, he's competitive. I, I'm going to be nice. He's very competitive, right? Jacob is this way. He's a wrestler. He's competitive. He is a contender. And now he sees an opportunity to gain a birthright, so he deceives his brother out of his birthright. He is wrestling for the favor of his father. Can I tell you that the favor of the Lord is worth wrestling for? Come on, child of God. I know you get tired sometimes. I know you wonder if you're going to make it sometimes. I know you've been out in the field for a long time sometimes, and I know you feel faint, and I know you question in your mind if you're going to make it. But can I tell you that the favor of the Father is worth contending for? Jacob's whole life was a wrestling match. After he steals the birthright of his brother, Then he and his mother come up with a plan to deceive his father, Isaac. He puts hair on his arms from a goat. And he cooks up some venison after his father asks his eldest brother, Esau, to cook him something to eat. And he walks into the room of his nearly blind, dying father. And he deceives him. Why? Because he's a contender. He's a wrestler. He wants to win the prize. All of a sudden, now he's just not happy with the birthright anymore. He wants the blessing. So he goes into the room of his dying father. He puts goat hair on his arms and he cooks some venison. And he attempts to disguise his voice and he tricks his dying father into giving him his blessing. He's wrestling for the blessing. Isaac gives Jacob the blessing. He has to go on the run because now not only has he stolen his brother Esau's birthright, but now he's also deceived him out of his blessing. And Esau is good and mad. So Jacob realizes that his brother's going to kill him. So he takes off on the run. Now he's wrestling just to stay alive. Jacob's whole life was a wrestling match. So while he's on the run from Esau, he ends up at his uncle Laban's house. And there he wrestles for the woman that he loves. 
Rebecca. Or Rachel, I'm sorry, Rachel. I'm talking about Isaac's wife. You Bible scholars, forgive me. Rachel. And there he is wrestling for Rachel. And he's contending for her courtship. He worked seven long, hard years for this man who deceives the deceiver. Let me tell you something. Deceiving ain't going to get you nowhere but deceived. Huh? Deceiving ain't going to get you nowhere but deceived. Jacob worked seven long, hard years for Laban for the courtship of Rachel, only to find out on his honeymoon he wakes up next to Leah. That's a big shocker. Whoa, 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 whoa. He wakes up to a woman that he didn't think he was marrying. So he goes back to his uncle Laban and he says, Hey, sir, you deceived me. And he said, You got what you got. If you want Rachel, you're going to work seven more years. So you know what? He loved her enough. He said, I'll work seven more years for the woman that I love. Now, I wonder if Brother Tommy would do that for Sister Charlene. Just say, yes, sir. Just shake your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he worked seven more years for Rachel. And finally, he gets the courtship of his bride. And now he leaves Laban's house with two wives. Now you know why he needed a touch from the Lord. Can I get an amen from some men? (laughs) Now you know why he needed a touch from the Lord, because he left his uncle Laban's house with two wives. And he's got two wives, and he leaves Laban's house. And (laughs) Jacob wants to go back home and make things right with his family, with his brother. But the Lord is blessing Laban because of his favor on Jacob. Can I tell you sometimes when you think you're all that in a bag of chips, you might not be so blessed just because of you. Maybe you got people in your life that are favored with God and they're praying for you. Come on, and they're laying hands up on you. Come on, somebody, and they're going to prayer. They're going to intercession for you. They're calling out your name in the holy of holies. They're finding time on their knees. They're finding time in prayer. They're rebuking the devourer on your behalf. They're calling out the name of Jesus as a covering over your life. Maybe you got somebody in your life that has favor with God today. My God. So now he's wrestling with Laban. And he's trying to figure it out. And he's not got one wife, but he's got two wives. And he wants to go back home. And he wants to make things right with his brother. But the Lord is blessing Laban because of his favor on Jacob. And now Laban, he doesn't want Jacob to leave his house. So he says, you don't got nothing to take with you. And Jacob says, well, listen, it's like this. The Lord has blessed you because I'm here, so let's strike a deal. And they work out a very complicated deal, and I'll let Brother Paul Runyon preach that to you sometime. 
They work out a very complicated deal about some speckled and some spotted sheep and some black lambs. And the Lord blesses Jacob and he increases Jacob. And now he's wrestling for prosperity because he's a contender. He's a wrestler by his nature. He's a fighter. He's not going to give up. He's not going to settle for what Laban is offering him. He wants to win the prize. This ain't the WWE. This is the wrestler Jacob, the contender. He's after the prize. Is anybody in this room after the prize today? Come on, are you after just this one Sunday service? Are you after just some goosebumps on the back of your neck today? Or do you want the real prize when the gates swing wide open and you walk on streets of gold and gates of pearl? I want the prize today. I want to be a contender for the faith today. I want to be the wrestler that Jacob was. So... He's trying to get out of his uncle Laban's house, and now he's wrestling to get out. Strikes a deal with him. And finally, Jacob is on his way back home to Bethel to mend things with his brother Esau. But on the way, the most important wrestling match of Jacob's life takes place. And here we find ourselves in our text On his way, he got into a wrestling match with the Lord. And while he is there, our text picks up and tells us that Jacob sends his family over the Ford Jebok. He sends his family and all that he has over the Ford. Now, I want you to get get something. The word Jebok derives from a Hebrew word that means to empty out or to pour out or to give in or to submit. So Jacob is willing to give everything that he has in submission to hand it over, to pour it out. But only he remains on this side of the ford. So Jacob was willing to hand over everything except his own nature. His own nature. By nature, he was a deceiver. By nature, he was a supplanter. By nature, he was a heel grabber or a deceptive person. He was willing to pour out and to give God everything except himself. Except who he was. Except the fact that he was a heel grabber. Except all the deception that had plagued his life. Until he gets into a wrestling match with the Lord. The Lord touches his thigh and dislocates his hip. Now, it has been said that Everyone who goes to heaven is going with a limp. I want you to ponder that for a second. You're not taking your pride with you to heaven. You're not taking your deception with you to heaven. 
You're not taking your attitude with you to heaven. You're not taking your lying tongue with you to heaven. You're not taking your hands that shed innocent blood with you to heaven. You're not taking your backbiting to heaven. You're not taking your feet that are swift to run off and do disobey God to heaven with you. Everybody that goes to heaven is going with a limp. Whatever's in your life that displeases God, you got to get rid of it. Regardless of how bad it hurts, regardless of how bad it upsets you, regardless of how bad the struggle may be, regardless of if it takes all night long to get the job done, you ain't going to heaven without a limp. You ain't going to heaven without giving up something. Come on. Here, Jacob surrenders something to God. Whatever it is, church, that God is displeased in, you got to get rid of it at all cost. Wrestle till it's gone because everyone that goes to heaven is going with the limp. I read one time somebody said prayer is not wearing down God's resistance. Prayer is laying hands on God's willingness. Huh? Jacob started out in this wrestling match thinking that he was going to, Sister Melissa, wear down God's resistance to bless him. I'm not letting go until you bless my soul. Right? He thought he was going to wear down the Almighty's resistance. Let me tell you something. We got to get that notion out of our head. This ain't about wearing, Bo, this ain't about wearing down God's resistance. This is about getting a hold of his willingness to bless us. And understanding that before he's going to bless us, he wants to change our nature. He wants to change our nature. He wants to change who we are. That is why Jacob was trying to wear down God's resistance. But all he really needed to do was acknowledge his own nature and lay hold on God's willingness to bless him. God truly wants to bless you, church. God wants to open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain, but he cannot do it until you're willing to let him change your nature. And that's what the Holy Ghost will do for you. The Holy Ghost will change your very nature. It'll make you more like Jesus Christ. Stand with me as the musicians come quickly. We're talking about the way of the wrestler I want to I want to close out today with an examination of Jacob's most important wrestling match. He had been here many times before. He had wrestled many times before. His whole life was a wrestling match. But this was the most important wrestling match that Jacob had ever contended in. Genesis verse 25 tells us that when he saw that he prevailed not against him, the Lord touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. I want you to think about something for a second today. Why could the Lord not overpower Jacob? Why? Why could the Lord not 
over power. Jacob, we understand today that he holds all power in heaven and in earth, right? This was not about overpowering Jacob physically. The Lord wasn't trying to overpower Jacob physically. He could have overpowered him. He could have annihilated. Look, when he touched the hollow of his hip, it dislocated. He has all power in heaven and earth. He could have annihilated Jacob if that's what he chose to do. But this wasn't about the physical. This wasn't about overpowering Jacob in the physical. We know that the Lord has all power. He wasn't trying to overpower Jacob in the physical. He was trying to convince Jacob to give in. He was trying to convince Jacob to give in, to surrender, to submit. Child of God, you cannot be a child of God without submitting. He was not attempting to overpower this mortal man. He was attempting to conquer his will. He was trying to get him to give in. And when he said, when the Lord said to Jacob that night, when he said, let me go for it's almost daybreak. What the Lord was saying in effect was, Jacob, it's time to end your struggling. Jacob, all your life you've been a wrestler. You've been a fighter. You've been a contender. You're willing to fight for what you think is right. But this is a different kind of wrestling match. The winner is not the one that overpowers. The winner is the one who submits. The winner is the one who submits, Jacob. Listen, all you got to do to receive your blessing is submit unto me. All you got to do is submit. Come on. It's almost daybreak. Let me go, Jacob. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He's saying, Jacob, it's time to end the struggling. It's time to give up and to give in. It's time to face your sins. It's time to face that you, by nature, are a deceiver. You, by nature, are a supplanter. You have stolen things that don't belong to you, Jacob. All you got to do is get right with God, Jacob. The winner is the one that submits. And then you'll be ready for the blessing. Then you'll be ready for the blessing. Jacob was willing to surrender everything except his own nature. His response was, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Come on. Jacob, all you got to do is surrender and you can receive your blessing. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. He's still struggling. He's still yearning. He's still contending. He's still wrestling. He, he wants the blessing, but he doesn't know how to receive it. How many times do we desire to be blessed by God, but we don't know how to receive what God has for us? 
My friends, I come to tell you today, there's only one way to to receive what God has for you, and that is for you to submit, for you to surrender, for you to give in and let go and let God have full control of your life. This was a different kind of wrestling match, one that Jacob was not used to, one that Jacob knew nothing about. He was a fighter. He was a contender. He was a wrestler by nature. And he thought he could wrestle his way into the blessing of God. But the Lord said, listen, boy, you got this all messed up. This ain't the world. This is the kingdom. And here, he who wins is he who submits. It's he who surrenders. It's he who says, Lord, by my nature, I'm broken. Lord, by my nature, I'm wretched. Lord, by my nature, I tend to make the wrong decisions. I tend to go the wrong way. Lord, I surrender to you. I need you to help me. And once he realizes, once he realizes that he's yearning and he's fighting and he's wrestling and he's contending all night long, but he's still not getting anywhere, finally, The Lord says, what's your name? And Jacob looks at this epiphany, which represents the Lord, this man, this fleshly being, and he says, my name is Jacob. When Jacob spoke those words, he was saying, I'm a deceiver. I'm a supplanter. I'm wretched. I'm broken. I'm deceived. I'm nothing without you. I'm struggling so hard here. I want to be blessed by you. I want to be touched by you. I'm doing everything I know to do, but I'm telling you, Lord, I'm broken, and I need you to touch me today. And when he said those words, and he spoke those words, he admitted his own nature. He said, Jacob and you know what the Lord said to him he said no you were Jacob (laughs) your name was Jacob he reached out and he touched him and his hip was dislocated and all that deception and all of that disruption and all of that envy and all of that strife and all of that fighting it left that man and the Lord touched him And he said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will be called Israel, which means prince of God, prince with God. You'll no longer be a fighter and a wrestler, Jacob. You're going to be a prince with God. You're going to have favor with God. And that day, that day, the way of the wrestler was truly discovered. In the physical, we fight, we contend, we wrestle. We're trying our best to win. But I come to tell you today, my friends, when you walk through those doors, this is a different kind of wrestling match. Here, the winner is the one who submits. Come on, he was telling the Lord that day, I'm a rotten character. 
I have lied. I have cheated. I have deceived my brother and my very own father who I desired so much his blessing. He was owning up to his own nature. And now Jacob is at last in a position to receive the blessing that God has in store for him. We learned in Bible study this week that repentance is the first step to salvation. Repentance is the first step in the plan of salvation. To lay it down, church. To let it go. To turn around and walk away from it. You can't cover up and receive your own blessing from God. This is a different wrestling match. Proverbs 28 and 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh their sins shall have mercy. The Lord touched Jacob that day because simply he surrendered. Now, I know that goes against conventional thinking, and I know these wrestlers are thinking, man, that just sounds so messed up. My goal has always been to pin my opponent. You ain't pinning God. You ain't pinning God. God's going to pin you. You submit, and you win. That day, Jacob realized that this was a different kind of wrestling match. You're going to have to wrestle your way to heaven, church. But it's only going to happen by surrendering yourself to God. Jacob's whole life was a wrestling match that led him to that one moment that he surrendered to the Lord. That one moment. Everything he had been through, everything he had gone through led him to that one moment. The Lord changed Jacob's name that day. He was no longer going to be called a deceiver or a supplanter. He was going to be called Israel, which means prince with God. The Lord said, Jacob, my name is going to cover your name. That's why we take on his name through water baptism in Jesus' name. His name covers our name. We're no longer known by John Biddle. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. I'm a surrenderer. So many times we want to be blessed by God, but we don't know how to arrive at that blessing. You're going to arrive at your blessing today, church, by submitting to God. The greatest life, the greatest day in any life of any person is the day that they choose to submit to God. These altars are open as we sing this song unto the Lord.